Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Sam's Report. Uh, today is September 7th. September 7th, or September, Jesus. You know, I figured something was going to screw up, and I figured it'd be on the, the technology side, but it's actually October 7th, uh, not September 7th. If it's September 7th, that'd be a bad thing. But today is October 7th, 2016, and this is another episode of The Sam's Report. A uh, couple housekeeping things here. If you haven't been on Throughout.com lately, check it out. New theme is now live. Uh, crazy stuff. All good and whatever. It's <laughs> It was a kind of a big deal to get that up and launched. Ah, and that did fall. <laughs> Somebody should make a gif of that. I, I just stuck that back up there because I had to rerun those wires last night. If you're listening to the audio, uh, that probably won't make sense. But I have this small panel behind me that is hiding some audio and cables and whatnot. And it just fell over. I had it propped up sucks anyways uh new theme on throt is now live we got all the good feedback there's a lot of changes that we have to make uh just kind of some usability we're going to make larger font sizes uh reduce some of the content density but still keep all the goodness of it and there's a potential that might go live today i can't make any promises of that but we've actually implemented them all the fixes on our uh, development environment and so there you go uh, that is all up. Uh, new podcast, by the way. Paul and I kicked off our podcast every day on Monday, uh, First Ring Daily for premium users. And today, we'll actually be doing it live for everybody at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. So you can totally check that out. I do want to kind of point out that the podcast is, we're, we're trying to make it less headline dense because there's Windows Weekly, which does a great job of it. And then this uh, podcast is very news oriented. So we're trying to keep things away from just, hey, here's a headline. Uh, let's just go back over that. So that is coming up at 1 p.m. today. Totally check that out. Uh, anyways, other things that are going on is... What else is going on today? Oh, yeah. Uh, I swear. So I'm kind of an idiot. And I probably should have done this. And people recommended this a long time ago. And I should have done it. So I'm switching to OneNote for notes for this show. And obviously, this doesn't impact any of you. It's just more of a personal thing. I had been using Word. And one of the things that I didn't like about Word is that I kept a file open all week to kind of document things as I go along to make sure I don't forget about it. But it had to sit on my taskbar. And while that's a very small issue... Um, I don't know why, and I guess I could do this online too, but I'm now just going to use OneNote online to, to really just kind of keep track of all this stuff. And it's actually working out pretty well. So there you go. There we go. Um, OneNote. Anyways, we're going to kick off the show here with what happened this week. Uh, kind of inside the world of Microsoft, kind of not, but some people have some questions about it. So Oculus Rift is lowering the barrier of entry for minimum specs on a PC to get VR. Now, somebody, the reason why I brought this up is actually somebody asked if this is related to the partnership that was leaked. Um, I had the information. I, I can't remember who else all wrote it up about the partnership that Microsoft is looking to strike with Oculus Rift for the Xbox Scorpio. For those not familiar, the Scorpio is the next generation Xbox that Microsoft announced in the spring that should be arriving next year that they're making big promises for, for VR, 4K gaming, and all that. And so people were, were speculating that, hey, maybe this new lower spec uh, requirement is for the Oculus. I don't have any information directly relating to that, but I, I can't see that being the case. Considering the Scorpio isn't even out yet, uh, Microsoft should be able to build something that is above and beyond the minimum specs for VR on a console like that, considering that Oculus has been... We've known the specs for a while. Uh, yeah, so actually, as somebody points out in the comments, the specs are still not low enough for a Mac. Um, take that as you will. The Macs were never intended for gaming. I still don't believe that they are, regardless of what people tell you. There are some games, but they're not. Anyways... 
So I don't think that this is related. I think this is Oculus just trying to expand the market for the product. I, that does make me a little bit nervous because if you have a lower spec machine, you kind of, I don't know, not motion blur, but if you're dropping frames, you're not getting the highest frame rate possible, then it, it kind of feels, you get a little nauseated. So, but anyways, Oculus is lowering the specs for minimum PC. I don't believe it's related to the Microsoft potential partnership, but that is out there. Uh, other things that went on in the world of Microsoft this week, Microsoft fixed a broken Windows 10 update. And by fixed, I mean they released a script that actually you should go check out Raphael's, uh, within Raphael is his Twitter handle. He, he was dissecting it and saying how much of a joke and how hack how much of a hack job this script was. But it does fix the update. It, and Microsoft actually clarified, and, and this is Microsoft clarifying here, it says only a small number of people were impacted and it was actually people who were in the Windows Insider program that were running previous builds of the OS and then jumped out of the Insider program and are now running uh, production. And so actually I fell into that case, which is why my machine was actually impacted, but running the script does fix the problem and there you go, Microsoft now has this update kind of result. Kumbaya, uh, life goes on. So a little bit of sad news, but this isn't sad news if you guys have been listening. And, and I know quite a few listen every week, and I do sincerely appreciate that. Uh, Microsoft actually confirmed that the Band 3 is not coming. Um, I, I think I said this like two weeks ago or whatever, something around like that. You can go back and watch it. But Band 3 is not coming. So this is the last one we're going to see. Unless some people keep, every time I mention this, everybody or somebody always DMs me and says, well, what if they're just actually moving it to the Surface brand? I, I don't see that happening for a number of reasons, uh, mainly because these things, while they sold, they didn't sell in a crazy amount of volume. Um, and this device, while Microsoft does make other make hardware, like it doesn't really fit into their portfolio of stuff, if that makes sense, right? I'm not saying that this is bad. I'm not saying it's a, a bad device, but from what Microsoft was trying to do with health, what the Microsoft is trying to do in hardware, the the band never really kind of achieved what it did. And now let, let's think about that for a second. When they announced the Surface Pro line, they were using it more as a reference device to get the industry kind of like kick their butts into gear and build this super premium uh, laptop or whatever, tablet two-in-one. And then the same thing with the Surface Book. Again, super premium device. And the band was never really super premium from their hardware. Even the Xbox One S, I would argue, is like super kind of high-end uh even though there are lower price points, this doesn't fall exactly into the surface line. So, but to take the band is my point and put it into the surface product line, it needs to be a high end premium product. And I don't see them doing that in a surface brand with a band because the band has always kind of been not lower quality, but at the same time, it's not the same quality as a surface book. So that's why I don't think that they would just bring this and call it like the surface, the surface wearable. I don't, I don't know what the surface band, I guess is whatever, but there you go. Um, that's why I don't think that they are going to bring this under the Surface Surface brand name. But anyways, so if you, if you really like the band and you don't want to ever wear anything else, um, stock up on them. But you can't stock up on them through Microsoft.com because they no longer have them listed on the store. So eBay, Amazon potentially, or where else. But it's the end of the road for those guys. Um, they came out and went away in, in very similar fashions. Actually, if you remember... Uh, very oddly, Microsoft announced the the original band, I believe it was during like game six or seven during the World Series at like 11 p.m. at night. I think it's because things started leaking out. But yeah, so their wearable was announced at a very odd time. Never really given the proper introduction that it deserved, in my opinion. 
and now it's just kind of fading away. So, you know, they live and they learn, and um, we'll never really know the true financials of that or how many they sold, but it personally, it did seem like they were selling decently well. I can't imagine that they were terrible, but okay, that's enough about the band three. Uh, don't get your hopes up, and despite the fact that there were rumors, and you can go look them up earlier in the year, actually not long ago, saying the band three was coming, and I never wrote them, Paul never did, nor did Mary Jo, uh, because we kind of had, I don't know, information, whatever. Um, the, the elephant in California that we cannot ignore that happened this week, Google had an event. Google had a really big event, actually. And so it was kind of interesting, kind of not interesting, kind of awkward, kind of silly, kind of just all Google. Um, so they announced really kind of a couple things, and I'm not going to go over the specs because the specs are everywhere. But the new Pixel phone. So Pixel phone, if you're an Android user, this is kind of like the device you're looking for. Now, this comes with some sad news, I believe, as I believe this means the end of the Nexus line. Uh, I actually like the really like the Nexus brand. I, I wish they kind of would have kept that, but this is supposedly Google's uh, first homegrown, home design. Um, I don't think it's home built, though. I don't think they're getting into the manufacturing industry. I believe I heard HTC was actually the one building it, but it's only the Google name on there, no third-party vendor, and Google has complete control over it sort of. So the good thing about the Pixel, it's high-end. If you're looking for an Android phone, it's probably the one to get. I would not get a Note 7, as we know that those are blowing up, um, and apparently even the newer ones are now catching on fire as a, a diverted, or actually didn't allow a Southwest flight to take off after supposedly a new one caught fire, too. Yikes. Uh, anyway, so if you're an Android user, this is probably a really good phone to have. Now, there's a couple caveats with it. If you're walking, wanted to walk into an AT&T store and buy one, you can't. Uh, you can buy one, though. You, and don't get me wrong, you can still get one through Google. But if you want to buy one in a store, you're going to have to go to Verizon. They actually have an exclusive deal with Verizon. I kind of thought the industry was beyond that sort of thing. But here we are with the Google Pixel only at Verizon. Um... Ooh, I don't know how I feel about that. I actually use Verizon, but I don't really like exclusive contract, that sort of thing. And the reason why I really don't like this is that Verizon is going to be controlling the updates to the Google Pixel phone that you buy at Verizon. That makes, that completely, it completely ruins the whole point of why you would want to buy this phone. You'd want to buy this phone because you're going to get timely updates and you're going to get it directly from Google and it's the minute it's announced. So if you buy it from Verizon, it's just like buying any other Android phone, which then you're at the mercy of Verizon to push updates out. And while I generally like Verizon, I do not trust their ability to get these updates out as fast as Google. It's not going to happen. So there you go. Um, and there was some kind of like parallels drawn in the media and Twitter verse that this is kind of Google uh, doing what Microsoft did with the Surface. Remember when Microsoft came out with the Surface, it was, it, it was the first time they're building their own device. Now the Nexus existed, so it wasn't like complete surprise out of that. But when the service came out, all the OEM vendors of laptops were like, oh my God, Microsoft is now building their own hardware. And now this is what Google's doing. They're building their own hardware for one of the most, for actually, I think it is the most popular mobile operating system. And so likes of Samsung and every other vendor depends on Android get a little bit nervous because even though Google pledges their support, yeah, you pledge your support. Um... I don't know. It, it's kind of hard. Like Google has their own vested interest in this now. So we will see. Other things that were announced, uh, Google Home, uh, which is their, I believe it's Google Home, not Google Hub. I can't exactly remember. It's their Amazon Echo competitor is really what it is. And 
I have an Amazon Echo and I use it every day, legitimately every single day. I ask it uh, when I'm like cooking lunch, when I go up and cook lunch here in about an hour, I'll say, hey, Alexa, read the headlines, um, listen to music and everything else. And so I was looking for a reason, honestly, to buy the Google Home. And it looks nice. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. But I didn't quite get the... I didn't quite get the feeling that I needed to buy that one. Like, there wasn't enough value add to buy it. Now, granted, they do do some nice things that Amazon does not currently do. Especially if you have a couple of these devices in your house. Then it will only respond to on one device. Second, it's it almost sort of has like a Sonos-style setup that if you listen to music on one, it can then play on all of them. I would actually be very curious to see what the audio quality is like because I'm actually tempted now to go buy some Sonos speakers and put them throughout my house so when I listen to it, uh, once that functionality arrives sometime in 2017. But, yeah. So I, I was just looking for the differentiation of why I should buy this device, and it wasn't quite there. And I do think Google will do all right with them. I don't think it's a bad product, but for me as already bought an Echo. There wasn't enough incentive to go buy the Echo at this time. The other cool thing that Microsoft, or Microsoft, Google did announce is actually they updated their Chromecast. I think it's called Chromecast Ultra. Now does 4K video streaming. The Chromecast is a great device if you need a very simple media streamer. Uh, it, it, it's great. I, I was trying to think of something that's like potentially a downside to it. There's really not many. If you need a media streamer and you don't want to buy an Apple TV or Roku, the Chromecast is, is realistically a way to go. Uh, they're great. Now, maybe that's the one differentiator with the Google Home is that you can say, hey, stream it to and then name a device and it will actually go to that one. So maybe that's the differentiation is that if you're all in on Google like that, that's why you would buy a, a home. So there you go. That's kind of the, the big announcements. The Pixel was really the thing. Uh, and I can't go ignore the fact that Google really kind of took it to Apple. At least they tried to by saying, hey, we have a better camera. Uh, we have unlimited storage. I will say that the phone, there's no arguing the phone does look like an iPhone. It, I don't know. that it, it does. In my opinion, the front of it looks very, very similar. But you know what? Competition is a good thing. I'm very happy that Google is building their own hardware and what very much seems like premium hardware, especially based on the price. That's good for consumer. It's good for everybody. Options are never a bad thing. So... This kind of thing, and before I dive into this next topic, kind of got me thinking, and this is not a new idea. It was, should Microsoft build an Android phone? Should they? I mean, just kind of think about that. That's crazy. And it's actually not all that crazy because technically Nokia was doing it uh, with their, their kind of lower end phones. They were actually building an, a Microsoft version of Android, a forked version. So... Here we go. Should Microsoft build an Android phone? If they were going to do it, they would have to fork the OS, which is kind of dangerous. Not all that dangerous. Amazon does it just fine. They have tons of apps. They could they could build a quality iteration of Android. The question is, should Microsoft one build it and then or compile it and you know create it and then two, should they build an Android premium hardware? And I honestly don't think they should. I and I think it would be great. I would love to see a Surface phone running Android. Um, because I think Surface is great hardware, but obviously Windows Phone, Microsoft is not doing anything really with it of, of meaningful value anymore, at least until they get to the next uh, big jump. But yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I really... It, like the, the reason why I'd like to see them do it is they build kick-ass hardware. They've, they're pretty good with integration. I'd love to get a Surface phone that's running Android because then you can get all the apps in theory as long as they're you know ported over, which 
takes no time at all. And you would get that Microsoft built-in ecosystem, which would be great. But at the same time, this would be Microsoft throwing in a complete white flag saying that they have no future in mobile. And I don't see them doing that. And more specifically, the Android market is so crowded. You have the Pixel, you have a wide variety of quality Samsungs other than the Note 7 that are out there. I don't know if they could really do enough to differentiate themselves to actually stand out and sell a, a meaningful number of devices. And so that, that's the key here, right? The, the meaningful number of devices. And as Lance points out, you can do a lot of this with Cyanogen. And maybe that's what Microsoft is going. There's actually a rumor that Microsoft might buy them. I believe they did make an investment with them or, or struck a deal with them. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I, in my opinion, I don't think Microsoft should build an Android device. I know there's some people out there who really want them to, but I, I think it's, I think it's going to be too much of a negative on their own strategy to do such a thing. I, and I don't know what, I don't know what value they would get out of it because hardware, again, selling hardware, you don't make a lot of money in hardware. Apple, Apple's the one exception, but if Microsoft were to sell a surface phone running Android, they couldn't get a significant margin that is going to be so high out of the water that they would, it would be worth their time. So, um, I, I don't see the value proposition in Microsoft doing it. So will they build one? I don't think so. There's a rumored hardware event this month. I haven't, and, and somebody actually asked about a Surface phone. Uh, I, I'll get to that later, and we'll see. We'll see. Uh, more things in the Microsoft world. Uh, Edge, I wrote about this, actually kind of snuck out through Ignite last week, was that uh, Microsoft is, okay, so when Edge was announced, they said, hey, this is a UWP app. This is great. Yeah, confetti, fireworks, and all that good stuff. But, then it quickly became apparent that my, it's not really a UWP app. It, it, it may be underneath and on the surface, or I don't know. Uh, but Microsoft is only really updating it with Windows Update, and it's only getting new features with large Windows updates, like with uh, 1511 in November of last year, and then 1607 uh, this summer. So Edge was like, it's like, yeah, we can update it whenever, but they weren't. And they never really proved that they could update it through the store. So at an, a session at Ignite, Microsoft actually said, hey, here's the deal with how we're going to update Edge. And they haven't given us a date yet, which makes me think it's at the earliest Redstone 2, which would be late spring next year, is that they can update the shell or the top layer of Edge through the Windows Store. And that's like navigation components, uh, top level features, anything that's not the rendering engine. So the rendering engine, they said, can only be updated via Windows update because that component touches other aspects of other universal apps and other parts of windows 10 so what you get then is that microsoft will eventually be able to update the feature set but not the rendering through the store when that will arrive can't come soon enough because there's the likes of chrome and firefox they can update whenever if chrome wants to push out a new build next week they can and Microsoft is a little bit handcuffed here, which is very surprising given how much they pushed Edge, which roughly has about 5% of the market share based on net applications data, which is a very small part of the browser market. Internet Explorer still has a large chunk, but they're not, I don't think they're growing at the rate that they want. And they kind of need to get a fire under their butt if they really want to get this stuff done. And, and I'm sure they are. I know quite a few of the guys up there and they're all great people and very smart. I imagine this is a management thing, or I don't know. But I want to see Edge be the best damn browser on the market, mostly because then it gives Chrome really tough competition. But right now it's not. So come on, Microsoft, get this in gear. Get into a high level of cadence where you can push out uh, updates through the App Store on a monthly basis. 
That would be fantastic, even if they're not all meaningful, but just some sort of updates to keep it, one, in the press, two, to keep it feeling like it's a a living browser, and three, not to make it feel so handcuffed to these large Windows updates, because if you're running 16.07 like I am, I'm not going to get any updates to Edge, at least in its current state, um, for like eight months. Like that's, that's not really, that's not how modern software is supposed to work. So, uh, I, I wish edge the best and I, I I'm optimistic about where they're going because there's some very smart and talented people behind there. But at the same time, they need to get on this rapid fire cadence that Chrome and Firefox have established. Otherwise it just kind of feels like it's, eh, it's like, whatever it's like, Oh, edge got its first update in eight months. So there you go. There you go. Other things that went on in the world of Microsoft this week. Microsoft released the ISOs for Windows 10 build 1.4, I believe 9.3.1. It's the first one of Redstone. This is great. It, this is I love it when they push out ISOs, mostly because I have a lot of devices that I can then update. I only run the fast ring on in a VM and on one of the Surface books that I have, and then everything else is on... Well, it's not completely true, actually. <laughs> my Surface Pro 4 is on the slow ring, and I have another device on the slow ring, and so I need to update those, and my desktop is on 1607. I can't take my desktop off, I, even though I've been burned already with this last update, but um, it, it's the most stable of all of them. So other things that leaked out this week, a Surface all-in-one keyboard and mouse were spotted. So this is not as awesome as it sounds. Um, It's good. People are assuming it's a Surface all-in-one keyboard and mouse. We don't quite know that yet. We will hopefully know that here in the relative near future. But uh, Microsoft, we we don't know anything if there's an actual event of the month. We just, just, I believe there's one, but we don't know anything yet. So, uh... Reason why it's not so much of a like hurrah moment is it's really the micro. It looks exactly like the Microsoft Designer keyboard, uh, mouse and keyboard. They're both they're basically those keyboards, but in gray. And personally, I didn't like either one of those. I didn't like that keyboard mouse combo. I know some people really like it, and can, I'm I'm happy for you. But to me, it it hurt my fingers. Like it's really hard. I don't know if I'm just like a heavy typer. And and granted, I type all day long, every day, all day. But after a while, my fingers would hurt. And I don't know if it's because the, the travel depth wasn't long enough or what, but I, I stopped using it because it was legitimately like hurting my hands after you know a couple hours of use. So I'm not too excited about them, but they are nice keyboards. They did have a really nice texture. If it's the same designer keyboard texture, it is really nice. It's kind of like this soft plasticky stuff, uh, it, which is good. The mouse was not so good. It, it was very flat. I mean, I use a Logitech uh, MX, what is this thing? The MX Master, uh, which has a nice large kind of arc to it, which is very comfortable. Like I really do like this mouse. And the designer, I wish, if I could pull it out, it, it's somewhere in a, in a box around here. and It would take me too long to find it. But that's what it is. At least that's what it looks like. And hopefully we'll learn more about it soon. And it was spotted in some potential in marketing material, the images that leaked out. So there you go. Keep on the eye. That's just kind of... A little bit more information about what we think is coming and what all the rumors are kind of aligning to. So that is good stuff. Uh, Cool things Microsoft announced. And when I say cool, this is cool if you're a developer, which I know some listeners are. Uh, Microsoft announced that the third Connect developer event will be held in New York City November 16th and 17th. And so I'm trying to decide if I'm going to go to this. Um, I'm Here's why. If there's an event at, at the end of this month... Uh, that would be a trip. And this is being held in New York. Microsoft typically holds their hardware events in New York, so that'd be a trip to New York. Although New York's only like a 60-minute flight. It's real short for me. Then I'd be going there in the middle of November. 
And then um, actually, I just I might be going to London. Um, not confirmed, not anything done yet, but I might be going to London uh, the last weekend, last week, and like a couple days in, uh, let's see, November and December of this year. So that would just be a lot of traveling. And that's, that's a lot of traveling. I love my kid and I love being at home. And I don't mind travel, but that's that would be three trips within about four weeks or so. It's a lot of that's a lot of time. Um, it's going to be a lot of time on an airplane and racking up those frequent flyer miles, which I'll use someday for a vacation. That I would, I, I would, I would love to go to a beach, not the Florida beach right now. If anybody's from Florida, I hope everything's going well for you. Uh, I actually love weather. Paul was giving me a really hard time about it. I don't know if you can see back here. Well, there's a monitor behind me that I actually keep a weather radar of the whole continental U.S. open. It's just the My Radar app. I bought it at the the Windows Store. Yeah, I did buy an app through the Windows Store. It was like dollar ninety nine, and it just shows everything. And I've got it zoomed in on the hurricane. I don't know. I just kind of like that stuff. Um, so there you go. There's your your Brad weather report. Um, if you're in Florida, not good. <laughs> it's the official weather report, uh, too. But yeah, so. Um, here's some, actually, I want to dive into something or just talk quickly about something last week. I I didn't get permission to use his name, but it was actually somebody who works on edge contacted me this week about why Microsoft includes extensions in some of their release notes. And so last week I was very, whatever, uh, thick headed, dumb, whatever you want to call me. Yeah, whatever. I was like, I hope they don't do this every time because it's like, Hey, they're extensions. Why are don't act like these are the greatest things that you now have. And so they actually reached out and said, hey, the reason why they're in there is that uh, some extensions may require a future release or a newer version that's only available through the insider program. So they want to put those in there so that insiders can then test them with the updated version of Edge. And so that is why they are in there. They want to make sure that they're properly tested. And I thank you to that person. I Next time I'll ask permission to use your name, but... I don't like to use people's names without actually doing it unless it's they post in the form asking a specific question, which we'll get here to in a second. So speaking of questions, um, we actually got quite a few this week and uh, I'm going to kind of just dive into it because it's really good content. And if you don't know where to ask, you can just make sure you're following me on Twitter, which I know quite a few of you are, but it would be throughout.com slash forums. And then there's a, a Sam's report and I'm very active in that form. So here we go. Uh, George Franks asked, he said, what are the chances of a service phone being introduced? He didn't put a timeline on that. Um, if you expand the timeline to like infinity, I think it's pretty high. If you expand, if you contract that timeline to, let's say within a year, that would be a pretty tough proposition. And so here's, here's my thing about the surface phone. I hope they build one. I think they can build one. I don't want them to build it with Android. I think I want them to put windows 10 mobile on it. The, the problem is right now is what's the differentiation with the device? Why, why, when you're building a piece of hardware, why you're building a website, why you're writing a post, I always ask the question is why should this exist? Why does this need to be in the world? And if there's not a good answer to that, if it's just to, just to have one, that's not a good reason to write a post. That's not a good reason to build hardware. And so I, I, I struggle to understand what Microsoft could do that things like the HP Alex Alex HP elite X three could not do. So that is, uh, that's the question is if, and I would honestly love to know if anybody has anything 
the continuum is great, but it's still not widely adopted. And I don't think it's ready for the mainstream user yet. And I don't, if they build something with the Surface brand, I can't imagine them pushing it to the enterprise exclusively. Don't get me wrong. Surface Book and Pro 4 are pretty deeply embedded in some enterprise companies, but it's generally a consumer kind of prosumers type device. So what's the differentiation of a Surface phone? That's that's the key. Maybe it has a different launcher. Maybe it has better app support. I don't know. But that's that's the chances of being introduced in, within a year, I would say, are pretty low. Um, I don't think they would they would completely abandon the idea. So there you go. Uh, Dragonbit Studio asks, he said, thoughts on the continued decline of the PC sales market, specifically what it will mean in five to 10 years. Is it actually shrinking or is the PC market splitting into other parts of our lives? Bottom line is, is the decline something we need to concern ourselves about? So you kind of hit on a couple great points and I've got uh, a couple other points to add to this. And so you're right. The PC market is really just kind of splitting, like for all intents and purposes, all in whatever the, I think I screwed up that phrase. Uh, these things are PCs, right? Phones are now PCs. So they, we've shifted. I don't think tablets have eaten too much of the PC market, but realistically, I mean, like this is a Nexus here um, and then the iPhone somewhere. Uh, these things have eaten some of the PC market. But here's like, here's my real honest reason why I think the PC market is contracting. It's that a device like this, like this Surface Book, lasts, like this thing will last for, you could keep this thing for five years, five years, and it would run great right i mean provided you don't spill any water whatever hardware especially with solid state drives because remember for a while the bottleneck on the pcs for a very long time was the hard drive now that we have solid state drives these machines just last longer and so if you have a machine that is like i have a five-year-old macbook pro upstairs well this is actually kind of funny a little bit so it's a five-year-old macbook old pro but considering apple's using like what two-year-old chips it's really not all that old in the mac world it still runs great i have no reason to replace it so why buy a new piece? Why buy a new machine? Same thing with the laptops. The laptops are now lasting longer. Desktops are now lasting longer, and so people are having to buy them as often because they're still fine. I mean, look at Windows. You don't have to have uh, the specs to run Windows 10. I believe only require a four gig uh, with 1607. Require four gigabytes of RAM uh, with. 1507 which was the launch it was only a two gig and they hadn't updated that i think it's like vista or me i think it was me or maybe even xp i can't remember and so it's not like you need a higher power machine to be able to run this operating system and so when you have hardware that can last longer you buy less of it we saw this exact same thing or very similar thing back in like the 60s and 70s when a car would only last five to seven years and then you'd go buy a new one so consumers were buying more cars right now a car can run if you take care of it, 200,000 miles without, without much thought. And so you don't buy cars often. It's the same thing with the hardware. So is there a contraction? There's a contraction in sales, but I don't think there's less users of PCs. Um, and, and when I say that, I mean everybody like connecting to the internet. I definitely don't think there's any less. It's just that you just don't need to buy them as often because they're, they're building good stuff. So... That's kind of where that's going. Uh, Mahidi asks, how's life? It's great, Mahidi. As I noted earlier, I love a vacation. Yeah, Adam Jarvis, uh, this is kind of more of a statement that I just kind of want to read from him because he brought up the issue last week about the failed update. He said, what I failed to mention last week was that Microsoft was changing how Windows 7 updates will be delivered to Windows 7 from October 8th. Assume Steve means Patch Tuesday. Uh, this is referring to the update. And... 
uh, it's recommending that mention is recommending that users should get Windows 7 fully updated on or before this date, before October 8th. And so what he's getting at here is Microsoft is shifting how they are going to patch Windows 7. Remember, they're going to go to a quasi-cumulative update model, just like they do with Windows 10. So you need to have all this stuff patched. And it says people need to apply the fix using KB317-2605 before October 11th to prevent future problems after October. Uh, oh, I can't talk to prevent future problems after October 11th with the new Windows 7 update mechanism. So here's here's the, the nutshell of that. Make sure your Windows 7 is running spot, spot solid, I don't even know if that's a term, uh, running very well starting uh, now because in a few days, Microsoft is gonna flick on this Windows 7 update mechanism and things are gonna get a little bit weird. Uh, and especially, I, I fully expect we're gonna have some transitioning issues. So there you go. Uh, Spartan fan asked, what about the Microsoft streaming devices? So I had this information. I am solely to blame for this rumor and nobody has really talked too much else about it. And so the last that I heard is that these devices are still alive inside of Microsoft. I don't know when or if we're going to see them. These things get built up all the time, but, and I've mentioned this a million times. Microsoft has no low cost way of streaming content. They don't have a Chromecast competitor. They don't have a Roku competitor and they don't have an Apple TV competitor. The closest thing they have is an Xbox One S, which is a completely different mindset for consumers and like mom and dads. Like a mom, like my parents would not go out and buy an Xbox One S to put Netflix on their TV, to connect Netflix to their TV. They wouldn't do it. They would go buy an Apple TV, a Roku, or a Chromecast because they're kind of just differentiated devices. And so Microsoft has nothing in this space. Now, granted, I say that, and they do have a media streaming device for like 50 bucks. Um, I've actually got it connected to this TV back here. But it's not the same thing. It's really just a streaming stick. No software on board, nothing of that nature. So I, I should probably try to dig in a little bit deeper and see if I can find anything else. It's been hard to find stuff. Um, I did see some documentation about it. So I know that they did exist. Now, whether or not Microsoft, uh, especially because they're in a kill-happy state, just like they did this band, has not really broken anything about it. And we'll see if anything else comes out uh, in the near future. So, and the last question came, comes from Alaskan Jackson. Uh, very quiet on Xamarin front lately. Yeah, Microsoft, this is actually a pretty good point. Microsoft hasn't said too much about Xamarin. Uh, now, considering that we know that there's a developer event on November 16th and 17th, that makes sense to when we're going to hear more. So I'm hoping we hear more about Xamarin. Last time we heard about Xamarin was at Build where they announced that it was going to be free uh, to people paying perpetual licenses for Visual Studio and all that good stuff. So... Considering we now know that there's a, de a developer event November 16th and 17th, I would imagine that's the next logical thing uh, to do. So your insider tip of the week, actually we hit on it. Make sure your Windows 7 is fully patched and be really apparent about the updates that are coming out because if they're moving to this cumulative update process. Keep your ears to the ground to see if there's any issues with this new model. Uh, Microsoft doesn't have the best track record right now of shipping good quality Windows updates. And so this is going to be a big change for them. And so keep your eyes and ears open for any potential problems. That has been, or this has been, another episode of the Sam's Report. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a great weekend.